with no fans, you can hear everything. Both coaches, everyone complaining and crying to the refs, you can always hear that oh, too. The refs, like, they probably hate the games because it's like everybody is like, <laughs> Then you got the referees, they're, they're human beings too at the end of the day. They just is getting just like tomatoes thrown at them all game. Like, boo, you suck. Like, <laughs> I know. And then it's like, see you at the pool. See you in the omelet yeah. line. Like, <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Stewie's World, reporting live from the Wubble. I'm your host, Brianna Stewart. Thanks for joining me on my first ever episode of Stewie's World. I'm joined today by two amazing guests, Gabby Williams. Yay! <laughs> and Diamond DeShields. What's poppin'? Gabby. Oh. Diamond. Welcome to Stewie's World, Wubble to Wubble. Do we need to wash our hands? Do we need to sanitize? <laughs> <laughs> for the people that don't know, we've we've gone way back. I mean, Gabby and I went to UConn together, but... Uh, Diamond, we played USA basketball since the teens. Yeah, 15, 14, 15. So we've seen Crazy. we've seen all of the rough things and all of the flourishing and all of that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we've been in the Wobble for a few weeks now. And how's it been? I mean, it's been a month, to be honest. It's been a month. I look up and I'm like, holy shit, we've been here for a month. Yeah, I mean, I look up and I'm like, holy shit, too. It's been a month, but I'm like, holy shit, it's been a month. Like, I'm like, why is this not happening? Why is time moving so slow? I feel like we've been here <laughs> for forever. Um, and to to know that, you know what I'm saying? We got like all this time left to go. I'm like, damn. It's so weird how like fast this has become normal. Like, this just feels like, I don't know. I, like my roommates and stuff, we were just talking about how it feels like we've been here for months. And, you know, we've bought like blankets and couch pillows and all this stuff like we've really made ourselves at home and it's literally been four weeks i had to ship my mattress pad out here because i was like you know <laughs> oh i need a get, mattress pad because my back is about to be broken yeah i'm like <laughs> i'm about to get comfortable i got an air fryer i got a rice cooker i got a mattress pad i didn't i didn't amazon just took all my money and we've played like what now six games and six games weeks. six games <laughs> I think we're all in the middle of this like gauntlet right now. We're we're playing yeah. ten games every other day for twenty days. I think same, you guys are in the same. same. And I'm just like, I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I don't see it <laughs> at this point. I'm like, <laughs> I just I pray for everybody for real. Like I wake up and I pray for every single person here because this is just a lot. Like it's just a lot, but we all signed up for it and. You know, hopefully at the end of it all, it'll be an experience we'll look back on and hopefully laugh about. Yeah, I mean, my mom, my mom actually texted me and she was like, I mean, you guys have now coined the term wobble. And it's going to go down as a, a historic thing, whether we like it or not. Do you feel at home or comfortable here or you just don't think it's ever going to happen? I'm cool. I'm chilling. I just miss my cat more than anything in the world. But other than that, I do feel pretty like I'm comfortable. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been a pretty, like, it's been pretty easy for, for me. And I feel like a lot of players, too, because we, we play overseas. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, like, when you're in Russia or you're in France or you're in Italy, Turkey, wherever the case may be, like, essentially you are in a bubble because yep. you really, 
you know, don't go nowhere. But it's nice to be here with your with your teammates. You know, people are here with their spouses, significant others, their kids. Uh, moms are here. Um, coaches are, you know, it's like, even though it is like, okay, we're here, we're isolated from our families and our pets and other people and items and things that we love, but it's really not that hard to be here. No, I mean, I think the thing is, we've said this is like overseas. Overseas, all we do is we go, we play basketball, we come back, we sit in the house, we watch TV, we order food, we buy things that we don't know if we even need. Like that's that's just right. the way it goes. Um, but it's it's definitely an adjustment. And I like like you said earlier, Diamond. Like I can't believe we've only been here for a month. But then I can't believe it's already been a month. You know, it's it's exactly. going slow, but it's going fast, and I'm. <laughs> Soon it's going to be September, and then I just, I don't know. Yeah. What's next? You know, 2020 has thrown us all so many curveballs. It's just like, honestly, this is the most consistency I've had all year. And when it's over, I'm like, I don't even want to even think about, you know, what's next. I mean, because we we just don't know what's really coming. (laughs) Literally. Gabby, what is the best and worst part? I mean, the worst, not being able to have HB here. But what's the best and worst part of the bubble? Yeah, the they wrong for that, for not letting us bring pets. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they so wrong for that. We all would have been so much happier. Yes. Like, so much happier. It would have been no complaints about the bugs, no complaints about the weather. <laughs> like, we would have been chilling if we got our pets. My dog would have been out here eating bugs, for real. The best part, I think we can all agree, is just not having to travel and fly. And fly commercial and everything. People don't really realize economy, yeah. You might get an economy plus if your flight's not full. But people don't realize how exhausting that is and how tolling and taxing that is on our bodies. And, you know, that's those are our off days, too, and we travel. So I think the best part is definitely just, like, after a game coming right to my room and knowing I don't have to pack or, or get ready for a flight early in the morning. Yeah, I mean, I'd say probably the same. I think that it's really, really nice to not have... Um, to worry about the the travel. And I mean, as WNBA players, it's not like we're missing out on state-of-the-art facilities and like, you know, cryo chambers and whatever the case may be. So although we may be short on medical personnel and staff, it's like we all we have always been a league full of women who are able to take care of themselves. You know, you have to learn, like once again, going overseas, you got to learn how to treat your own wounds, lick your own wounds, basically. So being here is a lot of that. Um, so I I can't complain too much about like treatment and whatever else. We always just make it work. I think the best thing is just like what Gabby said, just like not having to worry about getting on a flight after games or switching time zones. You know, that's... I mean, but the 10 p.m. games, what do you think about yeah. that? <laughs> we have wow. eight of them. I just want to say we have eight. So uh, sucks to be on the West Coast, though. Yeah, I feel bad. That wasn't fun. So for some background information, we're having games at 10 p.m. Eastern time, so then the West Coast people can still watch them in prime time, even though no one is working. Everyone's working from home. We are still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you guys got back at what time? One thirty. One thirty last night. Yeah, went yeah. to bed around. 
three. I have a hard time sleeping after games. I don't yeah, know me too. about you guys. Yeah, so was that our first 10 p.m., Gabby? Yeah, we had a 9 p.m. and that was rough because after our 9 p.m. or maybe it was 8, whatever, we were like, well, what are we going to do when mm-hmm. we have a 10 p.m. game? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then it's like, where are we supposed to eat? Mm-hmm. Literally. And then I ordered food. I ordered the I ordered food from the bar. And for those of you who don't know, I'm I do not eat meat. So I ordered the sausage, the the andouille and shrimp pasta. I told them don't put the andouille in it. They put the andouille in it. So when I got back after the game, it was like the food that I had ordered had sausage in it. So I'm like hungry, going to bed, just hungry. I think I had like some some Cheez-Its and called it a night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what's the most surprising part about the wobble? Like what did you not expect to happen when you came here that has happened? Good, bad, and different. I'm surprised how efficient it is, like, because it seemed like it got thrown together all so fast. Like, me me and you were texting, like, no way, this is going to, they're asking us to come in July, no way. I know, you were telling me, like, oh, beginning of July, I'm like, no way. I'm like, I don't see (laughs) it at all. But they, somehow they threw it together, so I was expecting to come here and there, there to be a lot more speed bumps, but it's actually been running pretty smooth. I feel like the practice times usually work out, um... Everyone has their time in the weight room and stuff. If we have the bus to the gym, so we get our groceries delivered and everything. Packages are coming. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm pretty impressed with how well things are put together. Yeah, same. I mean, I think we all had this like exaggerated idea of what we thought it was going to be before we got here. And a lot of it was like, I know for me, a lot of it was kind of negative. Like I was like, man, mm-hmm. like, this is going to happen. This is going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Like this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And so when we got out here, it was almost like as soon as we pulled up, I think we all just had like a like yeah. a sigh of relief. I think part of it was just being here and like, okay, this is real. And then after the four-day quarantine period, um, just rolling with the punches, you know, like we knew that this was going to be like a learn-as-you-go kind of process, not only for us, but for the league. Um, but just to see how on board the league is with making sure that we're accommodated and doing the best that they can with the resources they have um, to make sure that we're all comfortable has been really satisfying. Can't complain. Yeah, I think, I mean, going along with what you guys both said, I think that, you know, I was surprised with how well this is working, to be honest. Like coming in and thinking ahead of time, I was like, I don't see it. Like, I don't see all of us being in the bubble, all of us like being okay, being safe and like a season happening. But then once you come here, it's like, okay, you know, we get tested every day. We do our temperature every single day. It's like, we have people that are responsible, you know, majority of the people here are mature. Um, and (laughs) majority, you know, it's going to happen. The the season is going to happen. And I think that, you know, our season is going to be special, the fact that we're going to go start to finish and, and really make it work. But it also makes me question how all these other seasons are going to work, especially with college and stuff like that. Like, they can't be in a bubble. So so how is it going to work? I have no idea. How are they even sending kids back to school? Someone asked me that today. Like, oh, you guys have had zero cases in however many days. And I'm like, look what all the precautions we're taking. Like, this is not the same as sending mm-hmm. children to schools. So I don't know. It, blows my mind that people think that way but i think you know the the covid testing for a second it has been pretty seamless so the way we do it here in the wobble um every team has their respective times that it's every half hour for 
from like eight to five or something like that. And and those nurses, I mean, give them credit. They have been working mm-hmm. like hard for us. They're, they're yeah. just constantly swabbing people all day. And um, really, I mean, what the people doing on the front lines is is very respected and appreciated. And obviously we want to be able to make our wobble happen without them. I want to talk about wobble drip. I want to talk about wobble <laughs> drip because it's like, when you were packing for the wobble, did you think about bringing like a wobble drip worthy outfits or did you just bring whatever? I mean, you know, I did, you know, I did. I'm sitting there. I'm literally standing in my closet. Like, oh, okay. Is this something I'm going to do? Am I? Then I was like, you know what? No, I'm not doing this this year. I'm not. I've been in boxers every day of 2020 and I'm just going to keep keep that up. I'm going to be cozy fam every mm-hmm. day. I'm wearing Crocs every day. And I like to think that just the entity that is Diamond to Shields is just dripping. So <laughs> no matter what I have on, I'm going to no make it do what it do. No matter if it's PJs or not, you are dripping. <laughs> exactly. You are drippy, drippy. Exactly. <laughs> so I had to kind of just look myself in the mirror and just, you know, be like, you good. Like, don't don't sweat it. Don't sweat the technique. Yeah, I basically just packed like I was going overseas. Mm-hmm. You know, the things that I know I won't be able to go to the grocery store for. But I, I packed like the, the besides that, just the bare minimum, uh, just like my basketball shoes. And then, uh, I mean, all my shirts, too. I use, I wear a lot of graphic tees. And so I can usually make those kind of swaggy or something. But no, I barely packed anything. So uh, like my drip outfits are basically just graphic tees that or like a tee with a message on it. And everyone's like, yes. And I'm like, yeah, I put zero effort into this outfit. Yep. <laughs> zero. I'm like this shirt I tie dyed here. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just do a tie dye. <laughs> and this is the WNBA black shirt. Um, but everyone's like, yeah, Stewie's drip. Know, like, like, did you see your shirt? Everybody's so supportive. So supportive. <laughs> Gonna give a quick shout out to Sue. Uh, she's definitely been drippy. She's been on the sidelines for us, but she had the Dior ones on yesterday, and those were yeah, fire. I was like, I'm like, Sue's still pulling fits off in the bubble. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> when did you get those? And she was like, actually, they came today, and they went from <laughs> wow. box to outfit. <laughs> wow! Please make me like sue same with steph too because i know steph didn't bring a lot of stuff and she's been like dripped out on the side oh she's I'm making like, it work i'm like yeah <laughs> and makeup just been on fleek just mm-hmm. completely mm-hmm. on fleek mm-hmm. she's a one shoe wonder really she's just smashing it <laughs> she working the boot she's working the hell out the boot <laughs> All right, so let's talk about basketball for a little bit. So June 20th was the day that technically like we could go into our team city or whatever and do individual workouts, which were very restricting. What were you guys able to do during quarantine, if anything at all? What was, where were you guys? Give me, give me the, the rundown. I was in Atlanta with my family. So I had, so rewind a little bit. I was in Chicago. I just moved into my crib in Chicago when shit started to go down. So I'm like, I'm not about to stay up here by myself. I'm going to go home. So I go back home to Atlanta. I'm there and we go into lockdown, which was like, okay, I'm glad I came here and can be here with my family. But like, what am I going to do? So I bought a bike, started biking around, you know, Buckhead, Atlanta, Georgia. And um, 
uh, just working out in my living room, really. Uh, I spent about a month. I'm not going to lie. I spent about a month on the couch. And I was just like, what is this? It was this? hard. Like, yeah, I was. I went through like a, a mini like mental meltdown period where I was like, couldn't go to the gym, couldn't do what I needed to do. And it made me sad. Um, was just watching TV with my siblings and Netflix and all day building Lego sculptures, just trying to pass the time by. But after that, started to do some living room workouts and biking every day just to try to do something. I was uh, I was in the motherland. I was in France. And uh, our quarantine there was like really, really strict. Like we couldn't go beyond a kilometer of our house for exercise. We could only go to the grocery store and pharmacy and you had to bring um, a piece of paper. I don't know what it's called in English. We had to bring a piece of paper that like said why we were leaving and had a check mark and had our address on it. So I wasn't going nowhere. And then I did live on the beach. So I was doing like beach workouts and stuff. And then they closed the beaches like right away. Because of course, in Montpellier, everyone's just going to go to the beach if you tell them they can't go to work. So they shut that down. So I was just in my apartment working out. Uh, Once the second phase, once the cases started to go down and the second phase started to happen, I was able to go to an outdoor park. So me and James actually were shooting and he was like, had his mask and some rubber gloves on. (laughs) We were playing in the park, Uh, but I didn't get into a gym from our last game until like we came to market uh, Mm -hmm. in June, like when we got to Chicago. So that was probably like three months where I just didn't even go into a basketball gym. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing is, you know, I feel like a lot of people think like us as athletes, we, we have this like super secret accessible access to whatever we want, you know, courts and things Mm -hmm. like that. And it's like, where? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did real quick. Please I was like texting everyone, like, I know someone has a gym I can get into out here. I know, I'm like texting everyone I know in France and they're like, it's impossible, Gabby, do not leave your house. You will get arrested. <laughs> I was in Russia when this all started, when the Trump travel ban happened, when the NBA was canceled, everybody was hitting my phone like, are you okay? Da 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 da. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything that's happening right now in Russia and things like that. But we were actually supposed to play Gabby's team. Gabby on Montpellier was supposed to come to. Yeah, that night. Yeah. Gabby was supposed to come to ECAT. So I, I play in Ekaterinburg. And right. all of a sudden, Sammy Whitcomb, my teammate, texts me like, we're not coming. Well, we're <laughs> supposed to have a EuroLeague game in two days. And she's like, we're not coming because they're afraid that if we come, we can't get back into France and the quarantine and this and that and whatever. Um, and then another Russian team, Orenberg, actually went to France. They played Lyon, I think. Yeah, they played Lyon. And then they came back to Russia and they had to have a two-week quarantine. So that was like, that was when EuroLeague was like, okay, we're on a pause. <laughs> Three days later, I was flying back to Seattle and the same. It was just... It was it was weird, you know. It was like super quiet. Like I lived downtown Seattle, and it was empty, mm. empty and quiet. And I just stayed inside. It wasn't no traffic. Driving through Atlanta was like lit. I'm like, oh, I can get all the way to the other side of the city in 10, 15 minutes. Like, wow, no traffic. I remember that too. How crazy it was. Like we were supposed to play each other, and like. We found out at probably 2 a.m. Like we just get a text from our you know manager like, 
yeah, the, the, the French Federation or whatever embassy said don't go. And it's like, I texted an alley and they had no idea. Yeah, and it was... I was like, you guys know what's going on, right? <laughs> We're not coming. We had no idea. We're asking our teammates, like, is there any COVID cases in Russia? And she's like, no, and da, da, da. So we're like, okay. So we just played Russian <laughs> League. But you guys did make us practice for a week straight. So I just wanted you to know that. That was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot. We were just chilling on the beach. We were like, no Russia. We're going to the beach today. <laughs> so now that we are able to practice, when my team, Seattle, when we got here, that was the first time we had all of us on the court. I mean, especially the 12 of us in two years, you know, with, with Sue and I back. So how was it kind of getting back into the rhythm of things, being able to practice with your team? And then let's talk about the games and, and the arena and what we think of all of that. Well, I think we were lucky. You know, we were fortunate enough to have been able to got together as a as a whole team um, in Chicago. Um, and so we were able to be around each other, obviously in groups. Um, but everybody was in Chicago together prior yeah. to coming down to Bradenton, uh, minus Sid, obviously, because she was dealing with her COVID situation. But um, we were able to be with each other a little bit before we got down here and then obviously when we got down here it was just like nice to finally like be able to sit in one room together you know be able to be in the gym together and have official you know Mm -hmm. practices together yeah I was I was a bit nervous at first one because of like injury I think everyone was kind of struggling with like how well do I need to stay in shape because we weren't sure when season was going to be Right. So like, should I be resting and fixing my body or should I be like working really hard to get in shape? So I was kind of in those that in between. So I was really nervous to come back. But um, I don't know. It was, things just came back naturally. We, we eased into everything. So it was actually really fun. Yeah. I mean, I think I think us for us is the same. I mean, I think for the three of us, we've all had our fair share of random injuries. Um, I'm coming back from a ruptured Achilles and it's the same. It's like, you know, I had these extra three months, which is like. I guess mm-hmm. it's great, you know, it gives me extra time and makes sure my leg is like super solid and stuff like that. But it's like, we can't go zero to a thousand. And it seems like right now we're like zero to 999. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <For real. laughs> but I think um, like Diamond, you said earlier, like I think the most important thing and like I, my attitude right now is, you know, I want everybody to be healthy. You know, I think everybody, you know, we want to make the season happen, but we want everybody to be healthy. And if anybody has anything nagging, like nobody's going to look at you crazy because you're not playing. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just the reality of things. The game arena. Did you guys watch TBT while we were yeah. here? Yes. Yeah. It yes. reminds it reminds me of the exact same thing. Right. Like you see yeah. you see the court, you see the players and that's about it. A lot of zoom ins on the coaches. <laughs> yeah. Watching the TBT, I think we all were kind of we were watching it from a fan perspective, but we were also watching it like this is weird as hell. Like this is what we're about to be doing in a week or two weeks. And so like when the games actually started and just walking into the arena, I was just like. This is weird. Like this is this is super. Weird. I didn't know we were playing at a monster truck place. When we Dude. drove in the back, the bus came in the back. Most, you see those big wheels, those big tires in the back. I'm like, where are I, we? I was like, I thought we were actually going to a gym. I didn't know where we were going. But, uh. And then like our first game, like literally, like I don't know about you, but like I could not feel the momentum shift. You know, like. 
Mm-hmm. The fans are so engaged when you're mm. on the road or at home. You they cheer or they get silent, and like we were in, in the Vegas game, we were down like I don't know, like nine or twelve points with like in the fourth quarter, and you couldn't tell that we were still in the game. You know, we right. got in the huddle. What, we're like, Yo, what we're third still quarter in this game. run? What what third quarter yeah, run? Like, <laughs> yeah. we can still win this game, and it was just like you have to really create your own energy and like. And like keep it up throughout the game, like because you can't really feel the momentum shift that that is the six man, that is the fans and the crowd and whatever else. And I hate like that with no fans, you can hear everything, everything. I think that's the thing I hate the most is hearing both coaches, everyone complaining and crying to the refs. You can always hear that too. Oh, the refs, like, <laughs> they probably hate the games because it's like, everybody yes. is like, rawr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Literally. And then you got, then you got the referees that they're human beings too at the end of the day. I know. They just is getting just like tomatoes thrown at them all game. Like, I know. And then it's like, see you suck. at the pool. <laughs> see you in the yeah. online line. Like, I know. I saw them in the lobby this morning. I was like. <laughs> Qu- quite the dynamic here. That's that's for sure. Um, one thing that, that just, I understand our protocols, right? I understand. So let me just say that. I understand the protocols of being safe. But. If we're practicing together and living together and playing together and sweating on each other, why do we have to be socially distanced on the bench and in the timeout? Why does the timeout have to be over here? (laughs) And then they're like, then they're like wiping, wiping the seats after you get up from the timeout. I'm like, that is to me, that is just not that necessary. But like, like I said, we're not the experts. I'm sure there's some logical explanation as to why but it just doesn't I know but when you when you walked in the arena for the first time and you saw the seats like how the (laughs) NBA seats were and the TBT you were like huh I was like what I'm like so we gotta go over there to the timeout then go but every time does your team walk to the sideline and then you walk like this you got the one person saying time out time out time out Then if it's a full, you go. But if it's a 20 seconds, you, you stay stand, yeah. over there. And it makes me laugh, too, when, like, the ball rolls out a little bit and everyone's like, don't touch it. I know. So like, just when it rolls <laughs> off the court, <laughs> they have to, like, Clorox bleach it before we can get the ball back. From watching a game, I learned the other day, like, Ryan was commentating, Ryan Rucco, and he was like, if the ball touches the carpet, that's why they have to change it. Oh, so like if it gets to that point where it's that far, then they have to change it. So every time our ball like goes out of bounds and somehow randomly touches the carpet, there's someone on the sideline throwing us a new ball. You throw them that ball, they wipe it off and then we keep going. Oh, I thought Not it was sure. because it was like near people or uh-uh. something. The carpet. <laughs> okay. It's the carpet. breathe on it. The carpet. <laughs> it's the <their> carpet. <laughs> <laughs> So we're playing with no fans. This is not how I thought my return to the WNBA would be with no fans. When do you think we will have fans? Honestly, I'm not sure, but I don't even really see things going back to that type of normalcy. Not even next year. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't really see, like you said, I don't really see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, realistically. Not to be negative but just the state of our country right now and where we're at like 
it's not improving. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll have like a miracle and maybe the state will just have like a different mindset all of a sudden and realize, oh, the virus is still here. But I'm just going to go ahead and say that that's probably not going to happen in the States anytime soon. Even in France, I know that I don't think they're going to have fans till New Year's at least. And their cases are like, if they find like four cases a day now in the whole country. So U.S. is screwed is what I'm saying. <laughs> I just feel like a lot is riding on the vaccine. And like, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. a lot is riding on the vaccine. But everyone's like, that's going to make us go back to what whatever. And I think now it's like, no, we're going to get the vaccine. And we're going to have a new normal. And maybe mm-hmm. people don't need to be so close to each other. Right. And maybe the mask is good because it just keeps you safe no matter what. Right. But I just think about like socially, like how do you engage? Like even these kids, like these kids are spending almost a whole year in the house, like socially, like interpersonal communication, relationships, like Mm -hmm. they're already so, we're already so just in the phone, in the video game. And so like, now it's like, how do you really have like meaningful relationships with people and know how to communicate and talk and engage like it it's so weird to me now and and i'm an adult i can only imagine how it's affecting like imagine being like an only child and you just been at home for all this time with your with your parents can't be with your friends you know can't go to practice after school or your after school club meeting whatever like um it's unfortunate man no i don't think it's easy like i was i was talking to my grandma the other day shout out to grandma um but like my cousins, I have four little cousins that are living in Texas. And it's like in Texas, it's like you have to decide. Do you send your kids back to school or do you like have them learn virtually and, and stuff like that? And my and like I'm from Syracuse, my brother's in Syracuse and he, he's going to have his senior year. And it's like they're doing three days virtually and two days in school. And it's just like so much is is going on on Zoom and things like that. And it's like now, you know, you can see that you don't always need to have these meetings in person and stuff like that. But for kids and Mm -hmm. the ones that are like their brains are still like. um, What's the word? Their brains are. Yeah, they're still developing. Developing. Like they need those those one on one, those two on two, those, you know, creating yeah. relationship type things. I always think of the kids who like don't have access to this kind of stuff too. And like how much, like they, maybe they don't have a computer at home or, uh, you know, parents who have to work so much, but don't have anyone to take care of their kid while they're working now, or they can't send them to school or to daycare, or whatever it is. So I feel like for, especially lower class communities, like they're getting hurt the most by this, for this new normal, you know? And then you're talking about, sending you're talking about maybe some schools like like you said with connor like he's having like x amount of days that'll be virtual well like there are some kids who can't even afford to have virtual classes because they don't have a computer and then their parents work all day long so what are those you know what are those families supposed to do where are they supposed to go um it's just i you know i couldn't imagine being a parent right now i mean Watching my little sister go through this, her senior year too, you know, the things that she's experiencing, missing her last AAU summer, like, you know, like high school sports. What does that look like? It just is, it's terrible. I mean, for the seniors, especially, it's tough. Like the seniors from the NCAA tournament, you know, the seniors in college, the seniors in high school, it's, 
There's yeah. there's nothing you can say that's going to make it feel better. You know, there's nothing to mm-hmm. make it better. It's just, you know, I guess appreciating that you're still okay and there's more to life than just what you're doing in sports. And I think that's, that's a big thing that's um, really coming to the forefront for our entire world and especially our country. A few more things about basketball and then we're going to switch the subject again. Predictions for the season. I'm like, I know you guys are both on Chicago and I'm from Seattle, so. Yeah. I was like, you know what I'm going to be. I'm like, all right, let's, let's, let's go like this. <laughs> Semi-final predictions. Who are going to be the last four teams here? Oh, my goodness. Um, I mean, if I, based on what's happening right now, I would have to say us, you guys, Seattle, Minnesota, and Washington or Phoenix. You know, so that's five teams, but you know, interchangeably, that's my. I asked you a tough question. I don't know. (laughs) I I have, I have the same exact four as Diamond. Easier question. Rookie of the year. What do you say? Rookie of the year. No. Yeah, wait, no, I want to hear your answer. You got (laughs) an answer too. My answer, us, you guys, L.A., Phoenix. You don't have Washington or Minnesota? Phoenix? Phoenix is getting it together right now. And that's when they have DNBG, it's it's difficult. Um But it's like everybody gotta stay healthy, dude. Like that's, that's the other like thing the is big, like that's the big just like I don't know. I mean I know I asked the question, but I don't know the answer. Um <laughs> <laughs> Rookie of the Year. Hollywood. I mean I'm going Hollywood. She smoked Dust the other night. Get 35. <laughs> she she had 35 and she was super efficient. Like if I was watching the game and not playing, I would be like, whoa. But I was like, yeah. damn, we sucked on defense. Like we let her get everything. I mean, but you know, Stu, like, you know, it's some shit that you just can't even guard. Like mm-hmm. it's just some stuff that, you know, we're all capable of that. It's like, don't matter who's in front of you. It's like, it's going to happen. It's going down just like this. And I yeah. think Kennedy just has so much of that in her game. It's just like she has so much just change of pace, just athleticism, explosiveness, speed, that even if you do have a good defensive possession, it's like she can still just like make something happen. Yeah. No, she's she's uh, electrifying and I think makes that team very, very exciting, Obviously for this season, but also for for what's to come. Her and her and Courtney Williams, obviously Elizabeth Williams. Mm-hmm. I can continue on and on and on. And she like looks like a a pro. Yeah. you know. Yeah, she looks like, like a, she takes when care I watch of her. I don't feel like I'm looking at a rookie. Mm-hmm. Last question about basketball, kind of. I promise. So we had, I don't remember the exact date. I want to say June twenty fifth. June twenty fifth was the last day to opt out of the WNBA. I'm not sure exactly what the date was, but I think it was like 24th, 25th, something like that. Why did you decide to opt in? Our team, we're all in everything, all together, all the time. Like we never make a decision that isn't all of us. And I was like really hesitant and I was really reluctant. And even to think that having a season was possible. And I was like, guys, we're just going to go there. Five people are going to get the case. We're going to get sent back. But once I saw like on our Zoom calls that our teammates really all seemed like about it. Like, yeah, let's all do this together. Like, this can be really good. We can have a good year. That really motivated me. And then I didn't even really think twice about coming after that. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think I'm the same. You know, I I'm going to be honest, and like I said, I didn't plan on coming back to the WNBA and being in a bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking forward to kind of having that return in front of the fans in Seattle, all that, just because like when you're away and you see your team and and how they're struggling and having success without you, like you miss that. You miss being a part of that. Um, but that being said, you know, we, I thought as a league and, and really as players, we had a lot of zooms, we had a lot of opportunities to kind of come together and talk about, um, the social injustices that were happening. And obviously, you know, we've talked about, there's, um, two different viruses that's happening in the world and specifically our country, and that's COVID and racism. And I think the fact that, you know, we are able to kind of come together as a league and really make this season about more than basketball. To me, that's that's something that's really important. And I think really important to kind of put that at the forefront and and show our solidarity and strength in numbers and what we can do collectively as a group. I want to segue just a little bit to talk about social justice. Yeah. It's, it's been a lot. It's been a lot. And I feel like, you know, as a league, you guys know, we're always at the forefront of social issues, you know, continuing to put ourselves in the position of calling and demanding for action. And this season is dedicated to, to say her name and to Black Lives Matter. And we've had the opportunity to really represent and fight for justice for Breonna Taylor. And now this week, carrying that over to Sandra Bland and, you know, just your initial thoughts on on what we've done so far as a league. And then I'll get into specifics after that. Yeah, I feel like I've been doing a lot of uh, these interviews and everyone keeps saying the same thing to me. I was like, wow, everyone's like really looking to the WNBA. Like we're like, we're really the role models for this. And I think that's so cool. And it speaks volumes about who we are as players but uh you know again like back to your question about what made you decide to come to the bubble I was like how powerful could that be if I'm a 12 year old black girl you know 12 year old me at home and I turn on the tv during a time like this and I just see like all these powerful women and all the things that we're doing for our community so it's crazy that we didn't even purposely think that we were going to be our platform was going to be this much like amplified this year and it really has so I think we've just really stepped up to the plate and and shown what we can do. Yeah, I'm really grateful for the way the league has, um, the efforts that the league has put forth in amplifying the the voices of the players. Uh, Like Gabby said, coming into this bubble, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't leaving the rest of the world behind. Um, And so being really mindful of like, what can I do while I'm here to still make sure that I'm connected um, and I'm not just using this as an escape. And I think that every day we're reminded, you know, every day before every game, we we watch that tribute video and it, it's Breonna Taylor. And this past these past couple games, it's been Sandra Bland. And every time I put my head down and I listen to what's being said, I'm on the brink of tears because I literally am like, that could have been me. You know, 25 years old, 26 years old, like could have been me. And it's just a constant reminder and and it serves its purpose in making sure that we continue to say her name, making sure that we continue to use our voices, our platforms. And I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be here doing it 
with another group of women because, you know, we're it. Mm-hmm. The WNBA is it. It's the marginalized of the marginalized. And so for us to be doing what we're doing is not a surprise to me, but I'm just glad the rest of the the world and America and the sports world is is getting able is being able to see it and experience it. I love too that everyone like like you said was like, oh, it, during this time we need a distraction. Like we need sports back so we can have a distraction. And just like I love that thought- collectively we were like fuck that mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. because we're tired. Like yeah. we, us as black athletes, we've been dehumanized to just our sport for so long now. You know when you're on the court, you're not. They don't they don't want to see you as black. That's the distraction. And we finally said, look, if you're going to want us as basketball players, you better accept and you better love our blackness as well. And I think the WNBA has been like the prime example of this is this is all of us. You know, you don't just get the basketball anymore, the athleticism, you get all of us now. Yeah. And I think like Diamond said, you know, the WNBA has really kind of had our back as far as, you know, what we want to do, what we want as far as messaging, what we have on the court. You know, we have Black Lives Matter on the court. Uh, we have say her name on our shooting shirts. We have Brianna Taylor's name on the back of our Jersey. Um, and you know, one thing that, that someone, I don't know if someone asked me or I saw it somewhere, but it was like, how do you get all of these players to agree on the same thing? You know, how do you get everyone to buy in? And I think for me and for my team, speaking for my team, it was like, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? You know, you go back to Natasha Cloud's Players Tribune. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Natasha Cloud's Players Tribune article. It's 2020. Like, wake up. We're supposed to have flying cars. You know, <laughs> like when we were younger and you look at 2020, you think about, oh, it's going to be like the Jetsons with the flying cars and all that shit. Yeah. And it's like, no, we're still here and we're dealing with this bullshit racism where it's like people need to wake up. And like wake up and smell the coffee and like realize that this is our world and accept us and help us continue to grow. That's facts. I feel like, like you said, we imagine this like Jetsons world and we keep hearing it's 2020, it's 2020. How is this still happening? And I think this is the first time where people, you know, we live in this age of information right now. Mm -hmm. People are starting to understand why it's like this in 2020. And now we're kind of reshaping the infrastructure and all the systemic racisms that we're seeing because we keep hearing like, this is not how I imagined us to be at this point in, in the world, you know, in 2020, in 2020. But look at it like our country was designed to be like this in 2020. Or even those who were just like, I didn't even know racism was a thing. You know, like that shit just blows my mind. Right. Uh, You know, it's like, like I get it. Like being white in America is a totally different experience, but um you know, that's something that's been brought to my attention as well. You know, it's like part of the reason why these white people are so oblivious to racism is really because they just don't even know that the shit exists. Um, And like you said, being in the age of information, now it's just in your face. Like you don't have a choice. We're not giving you a choice. And like Stewie said, it's like it's time to wake up. So obviously, you know, we're doing what we can to continue to uh, promote and create change on our platforms, right? And our platforms have been given to us because of, you know, who we are and what we created from basketball and beyond. But also, you know, continuing to kind of educate people. You know, we educate ourselves and then we educate the people that follow us. Um, we've had an opportunity to kind of have Zoom calls with Breonna Taylor's mother, with Michelle Obama, with uh, Sandra Bland's sister. 
um, with Reverend Warnock. I'm going to talk about the vote for Warnock shirts a little bit. A few games ago, we all, majority of the league, you know, if you wanted to, you rep the vote for Warnock. And that's just another point of, of standing in solidarity and knowing that, you know, if we want to create real change and create equality and end systemic racism, you know, it starts with, with voting. And Diamond, you're from Atlanta, Georgia. I mean, you're not from, from, but you live there. Talk a little bit about the shirts and what you thought of it. And then we'll go to Gabby. The shirts, I mean, it, it was it's really just a, a call to action. Um, you know, voter suppression is very, very real. Um, and I don't know all the numbers, but, you know, African-Americans typically don't vote. And I think that it's huge for us as a league to have been unified in that because immediately after what happened, you know, Reverend Warnock gained X amount in sponsorship, raised X amount in money for his campaign 185,000 yeah and it's just like that we talk about visibility in the league for our own benefit for you know us making money and but if you allow us to be visible we can make change greater than you know for ourselves and uh that was very telling for us and I think that is going to uh, motivate the players in the league to continue to use their platform to see the change that we're capable of making. You know, it's one thing for people to say it, but like that was a direct result of, of what we did. Um, and I'm really, we were happy, all over um, as, yeah, like as a native, as a native, uh, as a, from Atlanta, um, I want to just encourage everybody to vote. Um, to register to vote, to make sure you're doing your census. That's one of the things that I think Michelle Obama said that on the Zoom yeah. call. Do your census is so important. And, um, you know, vote for Reverend Warnock, man. Like, let's get it. People thought we were playing politics, playing politics, playing politics. And I'm like, I love that people think that politics, you know, for the privileged is literally just politics. When for us, it's like our livelihood and it's our way of life. It's how we live if we're going to live rides on this you know so i think that was uh, a big part of this too and that we're real what we're trying to educate everyone on is that yes this is about an election but what warnock stands for is everything that we stand for as a league so again this is part of our identity this is a part of what we do and what we want to represent so not only are we gonna hopefully get an amazing man into office are we're also preaching against disenfranchisement. We're also encouraging people to vote, do their senses and all that, but we're also projecting our views and, and what, what we appreciate about him and about ourselves as well. Yeah, I mean, Black Lives Matter is not a political statement. You know, it's a fact, it's mm -hmm. a fact. And like when people right. kind of open open up their eyes and see that, you know, it's, it's happening, but we're gonna continue to kind of push it out there and um, voting. You know, if you want to create change, vote, register to vote, make sure you're you're educated on who you're voting for, depending on where you're living. I voted for Washington. I sent in my uh, thing, absentee. ballot, absentee. <laughs> I sent that in the other day. So now I just want to hear what you guys have to say. You guys have started this initiative, Sky Take Action. And can you guys just give me the little a little bit of the backstory um, what it's about, 
where the money is going and how the money is raised and basically the ins and outs of it. What it came down to is something I mentioned earlier in the interview was like making sure that we didn't come here and disappear, you know, essentially like we didn't want our presence not to be felt. And so we had a team meeting um, through some ideas around and came up with this idea of um, Sky Takes Action, which was initially another name that y'all kind of <laughs> Seattle took, took from my, <laughs> we Seattle did? kind of took. It's not that you took it, but it's like it was the exact same thing, but just oh, really, like, it yeah, was because so you guys had to change for change. Ours and was what was your It's Sky for change. I'm so sorry. You guys put a I didn't even like know. Two days. It was released, and we were like, guys, we have to change everything. <laughs> Oh, really? I didn't even know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so no, sorry. That's all good. I'm it's so sorry. Good. But we Sky Takes Action is killing. So we partnered up with Athletes for Justice, which is a not-for-profit in Chicago, actually. President of that not-for-profit is Sam Acho, who played for the Bears. Um, and it was originally a football thing. Uh, some NFL guys getting together, raising money, working on these projects throughout Chicago. Um, then they spread out, okay, hey, if we can do this in the NFL, why can't we get other sports teams in Chicago involved in this? So, you know, we got baseball players, soccer players, hockey players all over. And then they brought me in. I'm the only female. So I'm in this, this group of guys and we're doing this work in the community and get to the bubble. And I'm like, oh shit, like my team, like this is something that I think that my team could definitely be doing to help with a project of, of whatever. Um, so we had our team meeting, you know, everybody's throwing their ideas around which nonprofits they want to help. Um, and then, you know, Gabby kind of was the glue that tied everything together as far as organizing. I'm super grateful for Gabby and, you know, her involvement uh, because it's, it's allowed this thing. It, it Gabby gave this thing legs to walk. Well, that's like way too much credit. I think. Because uh, I feel like everyone has been so involved in this and so collective. I basically just, well, the, so the, the main focal point of it is where we as players, as the Chicago Sky are donating $10 per point and $100 per win, $50 per loss to uh, basically to athletes for justice, but they're dispersing it among five organizations that we selected. One of them being By the Hand, who Diamond worked with. And then we have uh, three other grassroots ones out of Chicago, uh, two other grassroots ones out of Chicago, and then two national ones. Um, they're all minority led, uh, which is really important to us. We wanted to make sure that we were giving money to people who had similar experiences to what we had, who understood what it's like to be black. Uh, so we, we focused on organiz- organizations like that. And then on top of that, we asked the fans to match us, whatever we donate. So when you go to our link and you see the mighty cause, all that money is just from the fans. That's not even from us. That's just like the fans competing to match with us. And they've done an incredible job so far. Uh, and then we have some big announcements more uh, this week coming about future matches that, that are coming up. So uh, be looking forward to that. I am holding my tongue really hard to not say because I'm so excited about it. But a lot of money is going to be raised out of this. You know, we're also going to be holding auctions. <laughs> and Ali and so it's, it's and- $10 per point. So like let. I'm just mm-hmm. curious. So, like, let's say you have 89 points. That's $890 uh-huh. per person? No, as a team. No, I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as a team, collectively, yeah. 
Um, all right. Well, this is what we can do. When we play each other, I'll match our side of things from Seattle. Wow. Uh, Hopefully. Love. I mean, I hope we have more no, voice than you, but I got you for real. That's no, incredible. but you can you can you can you can open this up to your team too. It, mm-hmm. it can be something that you guys share. You know, at the end of the game, if we do raise, like I remember last game, it was eight hundred ninety dollars. Yeah, you know, you guys can match that for us, and that, yeah. that's love for real. Like, for sure, I'll that. um I'll talk to my team. Um, regardless, we'll match it, and then if people want to add in more, <laughs> we got it. That's incredible. Appreciate y'all. In closing, besides Sky takes action. What should the fans continue to look for with upcoming social justice work in the WBA? What's next? Well, I mean, we're, like I said, we're going to be having Don't tell us a auctions. secret, but... <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> we'll be holding auctions of some of our items. We'll be auctioning like Zoom calls and things like that for the fans to be a part of this with us. And if you're a fan, like you can support us just by... You know, I'll be doing Instagram lives with some of the organizations so people can actually learn. So it's not just like transactional, you give money, you're done. Like we want our fans and fans of the WNBA to actually learn from this and learn about what these organizations are doing and, and how they can kind of navigate themselves when it comes to fighting for social justice. So just give whatever you can, whether it's listening or learning, money, sharing, just give whatever you can. Yeah, that's basically it. We we dedicated this season to say her name to Black Lives Matter um, but our organization, the Chicago Sky, is working with Athletes for Justice, and we're trying to raise as much money as we can over the course of this season um, to make sure that when this bubble ends and we come back to Chicago, uh, that we can have boots on the ground and be working with organizations that are actually doing the work um, that we want to see happen in Chicago. So uh, there will be more projects at that time when we are out of the bubble. Um but the biggest thing I want to encourage everybody to do is to register to vote uh, and get ready. Because if you don't think that your vote matters, just look at where we are right now in 2020. Um, and that is because of voting. So let's get it together. Like, let's do better. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, let's just continue to do things like you said, together. Let's continue to get better. Let's continue to vote. And I'm sure... For the people who don't know, now they'll know about your guys' initiative and what's going on in Chicago and um, across the league. But really appreciate you guys. I mean, you guys are like my my heart. <laughs> yeah. um, love you guys. And I just want to say that's a wrap for the first episode of Stewie's World. Thank you to my guests, Gabby and Diamond. I'm sure they're going to they're gonna get a shout out of you guys' social so you can follow each other for what you guys are promoting. Um, for the fans out there, make sure you just subscribe to the uninterrupted YouTube channel for more episodes. We'll be checking in throughout the WNBA season. So stay tuned for more conversations from inside the Wubble. For the audio podcast listeners, subscribe to Stewie's World Feed wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Brianna Stewart. Stay tuned for more inside the Wubble for Stewie's World. Get involved. Contact Attorney General Daniel Cameron and demand justice for Breonna Taylor. This message is brought to you by Brianna Stewart, Uninterrupted, and a generation on the right side of history.